Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. In this program, we study one parak of Tanakh in each podcast. My name is Yitzhak Shalom, and I'm delighted to be studying Sefer Divrei Hayamim with you. That second temple period uh, chronicle of uh, Malchut Beit David, of the dynasty of David uh, and David's uh, descendants. And this is the final parak, parak Lamed Bet of Divrei Hayamim Bet, that details... Chizkiyahu, who is presented as um, one of the highlights of the Davidic dynasty. All, after all of this truth of Chizkiyahu uh, rededicating the Mikdash, as we saw in Perak Chavtet, and the great Korban Pesach, Bachodesh Hashini, as we saw in Perak Lamed, and uh, the reestablishment of the proper Kuhuna and the Korbanot in Lamed Aleph, so it sounds like this happened immediately afterwards. We're told that this happened in the fourteenth year of Chizkiyahu, and everything we read about in the first three prakim, at least as presented Divramim, happened in the first year of Chizkiyahu. So this is uh, over ten years later. In any case, after all of these words and this truth, meaning all of this loyal and and uh, true activity of Chizkiyahu, Sancheriv, the king of Ashur, came, Vayavovi Yehuda Vayichan al Harim Habetzurot, He came and uh, set up camp against, like as a siege, against those fortress cities of Yehuda and wanted to break them open for himself. Uh, these are the fortress cities that we heard about Asa setting up and about Yoshafat setting up um, uh, throughout the throughout the uh, Yehuda. Vayar Chizkiyahu kivas Sancheriv ufanav lemelchama al Yerushalayim. He saw that Sancheriv was coming and that he was aiming his war towards Yerushalayim. Now uh, this gets very little mention, say from Alachim, but gets a lot of attention here. He took counsel with his ministers and with his heroes, it sounds like his political and military chieftains, to seal up the springs, evidently in the outskirts of Ir David, outside of Ir David, there were springs, and they would uh, fill, the, the waters just fill out to the um, to Nachal Kidron, and they they sealed them up. What was the reason for that? Vayazruhu. They helped him do it. We'll find out what's the reason. He got lots of people to come and help seal up the, the uh, springs. And the ravine that brought all of this water, um, which is evidently Nachal Kidron, with the following reasoning. Why should the Assyrian kings come, which means the Assyrian king and his generals come and find lots of water. In other words, they will be able to sit in a very, very long siege outside of the city, having this water prepared for them, ready for them. So then he strengthened and built up the broken down wall, uh, or the breached wall, and and he expanded the wall, and a few years ago we found remains of an extension of the wall of Yerushalayim under the uh, Rova Yehudi, which uh, was understood to be this activity of Chizkiyahu. The Milo was that part of Ir David that was sort of filled in between Ir David and Har Habayit, uh, the Milo that uh, Shlomo closed off. 
Then he built lots of weapons and defenses for the cities, getting ready for Sanchiriv. He appointed uh, generals or colonels over the people. He gathered them to the square. And he spoke to their on their hearts. This is the, already several times that Chizkiah was addressed the people in a very uh, erstwhile manner. He spoke to the Kohanim, he spoke to the leaders. Now, be strong, be courageous. These are words that we're familiar with from Sefer Dvarim and from Yeshua. Don't be afraid of the king of Ashur. His big numbers. We have greater than he has. Why is that? And this now takes us to David and Goliath. He has the power of flesh. We have Hashem, our God, to help us and to fight our wars. And Chizkiah, again, is taking a page from David's words against Goliath that we know from Shmuel Aleph Perak Yud Zion, where he says, You come with your weapons, and I come in the name of Hashem, whose army you have disgraced, the army of Israel. And But here, in, if you look carefully in the story of David and Goliath, that's really used as part of a tactic uh, to distract Goliath. Here it's clear Chizkiah who believes this, and this is uh, what's driving him. And the people relied on these words. We'll see how this plays out. So Tzadchirid then sent his messengers, his servants to Yerushalayim, in the meantime, Sanchiriv was uh, besieging the city in the Shvelah of Lachish. A famous story about the Sanchiriv's conquest of Lachish. Evidently, that was his command center. So, from Lachish, he sent these people to Yechizkiyahu and to all the people in Shalim, telling them the following. Now, this is something that in Melachim we hear in greater detail. Uh, in also in Shayahu Lamed Zayin and in Malachim Bet Perak Yudchet, in the words of or Yudchet, in the words of Rav Shakeh, who was Sanchiriv's uh, chief of staff, Ko Amar Sanchiriv Malachashur, Ama Tembotchim Vyoshvim Matzor Yerushalayim. What are you relying on, sitting inside of your siege besieged city? Halo Yichizkau Masitatchem. Yichizkau is uh, is uh, is misleading you, is seducing you. Atetatchem Lamuperav Vatsama Lemor. He's going to let you die with hunger and thirst, saying, Hashem our God will save us from the king of Ashur. And now the response of, of uh, Sanchiri's men is, This is Chizkiyahu who removed the high places and the altars of that God. And this can be interpreted in one of two ways, which are very different. Earlier on, we heard that Chizkiyahu, after purifying the Mikdash, had everyone go out and destroy the Mizbachot and the Bamot. The one way to read that, the way that we read it, when we were looking at that, at that parak, was that they removed the Mizbachot and Bamot to foreign gods, which had been set up by, by his father, by uh, Chaz. However, um, um, and, and had nothing to do with the Bamot that had always existed, which was worship sites to Hashem around the countryside. How do we understand this statement? So it either means that Chizkiyahu really had engineered a removal of all of the Bamot to Hashem, 
And that that is the claim here, that how can you rely on Hashem, your God? Chizkiah has diminished his honor by removing worship places for him. Because in pagan thinking, the more worship sites there are for a God, the greater his glory. The other possibility is that from the perspective of the outside, seeing Chizkiah wipe out worship places at all would be an offense to God. And that therefore, uh, even though they're worship sites to Avodah Zarah, from the external perspective, that would not make a difference. Either way, that's the, what he's saying. And what Chizkiah has been telling you in Yehuda and Yishalayim is, you all come to one Mizbeach, and you uh, prostrate yourselves there, and you burn things on there. Only one Mizbeach. Which, from again, from the pagan mindset, is diminishing the power of God. And this is now speaking in Sancheriv's name, although it's not Sancheriv himself. You should know what I and my ancestors did to all of the nations. Could any of the gods of their lands save their land from me? So now he's taking an opposite tack. The first argument was that Chizkiah is convincing you to rely on Hashem, your God. But Chizkiah has diminish the honor of your God. He's not going to save you. Second of all, he can't save you because none of the gods of the other nations were able to save their nation from our conquest of the mighty Assyria. Why do you think yours will? Which of the gods of the nations that my ancestors destroyed was able to save their nation from me? That your God should be able to. So he's giving two different arguments. One is, your God will have no interest in helping Chizkiah because Chizkiah has been an affront to your God. Second of all, your God is not capable of doing it because none of the other gods were capable of doing it. And the one thread that these two arguments have in common is that Sancheriv, or Sancheriv's spokesman, is looping Hashem together with all the pagan gods in the same kind of mindset of saying that their glory and his glory is by having lots of worship places, and he won't like you because you took away his worship places. Plus, he's no more powerful than the other gods, and they couldn't do anything, so neither will he. Don't let Chizkiyahu mislead you and seduce you in this way. Don't trust him. No nation, no God, and no nation could save his own good, and so government could save their nation from me and from my ancestors. Your gods also will not be able to save you. Notice Yatzilu in the plural, from will not be able to save you from me. Now this is the the spokesman speaking on the wall to the people who are inside the besieged city. And then his servants spoke more about Hashem, and meaning against Hashem, and against the Chizkiahu Avdo. Avdo, the servant of Hashem, and the text here is confirming that great status. They also wrote documents, like letters, to curse God. To say about him, And now the text supplies what we saw happening is they compared God to the other gods just like and this is the cherpa, this is the disgrace just like the gods of the other nations that were not able to save uh, save their nations from me so Chizkiah's God won't be able to save his nation from me either <laughs> 
And they called all of this out loud in Yehudit, meaning in the language of Yehuda, what we would call Ivrit. The people were standing on the wall listening. What was their purpose? To scare them and to confuse them. So that they could then come and attack the city while the people inside are confused and lose their defenses. These are the people who are on the wall with the demanding the defenses that Yechizkiyahu built up. This is the one time that Hashem is called Elohei Yerushalayim. El means Al. They spoke about the God of Yerushalayim. Just like the uh, other gods of the nations that are created by man. And here we have Chizkiyahu and Yishayahu together. And they prayed for, about this. And they called out to God. They cried out to God. What happened? God sent a mess- an angel. He destroyed uh, all of the powerful soldiers, all the leaders in uh, in Malachim. We've got a number of 180,000 of their soldiers suddenly dying. And so the army came back embarrassed, back to Ashur, and so did Sanchariv. He came into his own god, Beit Nisroch Elohav in the Malachim, into his own God's temple, literally, from what came out of his loins, uh, killed him by the sword. It was his own children killed him. So the summary of this is, Hashem saved Chizkiyahu and all the residents of Yerushalayim from Sanchiriv. And gave them peace and rest from uh, around them. So lots of people now brought tribute to Hashem, and they brought sweets and good foods to Chizkiyahu. And then he was raised up in the eyes of all the nations. He had beaten Sancheriv, or his God had beaten Sancheriv. And then we hear that Chizkiyahu became sick to the death. He prayed to Hashem, and Hashem told him, meaning he told him you'd live, and he gave him a sign. What was the famous sign? So with the details of this are in Malachim Bet, uh, and in Shailam Zion, in, in Malachim Bet, where he said, you're going to live, I'm giving you another 15 years on your life, and he said, what's the sign? The sign is that the sun is going to go backwards, in the sun steps that were set up by his father. And so this was evidently a mofate that was seen worldwide. We'll see about that in a couple of uh, psukim. However, Chizkiyahu did not pay God back the way God treated him. Why? And again, as we heard with all the great kings, till now, many of the great kings, as a result of the success, he became haughty. And then there was God's anger against him and against Yudah Now this is background now to the sickness. Although it's not presented in that order. And then we see that. But Yechizkiyahu accepted that rebuke, and he lowered himself, he humbled himself, and all the people with him. So the anger did not act out in the times of Yechizkiyahu. In other words, the sequence is, after this great victory over Sanchiriv, instead of being thankful to Hashem, Yechizkiyahu became haughty. As a result, God afflicted him, he almost died, Yechizkiyahu accepted the rebuke, prayed, humbled himself before God, God added to his life and gave him the great sign 
Uh, and uh, so there have been two miraculous things happening here. One is the miraculous defeat of Sanchev's army, and the other is the mofate, the sign of the sun going backwards, uh, both of which would have been heard of in the east. We'll see about that now. So he had lots of wealth, he had lots of treasure houses, the chesed zahav for silver and gold, eleven yikarav for precious stones, and for all sorts of spices, all sorts of beautiful jewels and vessels. And store cities for grain and for grapes and for olives. Stables for all these animals. And flocks that also had their stables. He made cities and he had uh, uh, lots of flock and cattle. Uh, and Kiratan lo Elohim, Rechush Rav, God gave him great, great wealth. Vuhu Yechizkeo, Satamet Motzam Memegi Chon Halyon. And now we go back to where we started the parak with uh, sealing off the waters. He also sealed off the upper Gichon. Vayashrem Lamata Maravali Ir David, and he had them channeled under the city through to Ir David. And he was successful in all these things. This is the famous Dikpat Chizkiyahu that I'm sure many of the listeners uh, have gone through. I've gone through several times. Uh, the water tunnel that uh, was an amazing, amazing um, feat of, uh, of masonry and of architecture uh, and of uh, carving out um, in, in uh, the 8th century BCE. And then there was all sorts of wise men from Bavel who came to him to seek out this miracle that happened. Was it the miracle that they saw in the east of the sun going backwards? Or was it the miracle of the great defeat of Sanchev's army? We don't know. Meaning, he, God helped him. So these people came to find out what was in his heart. We're getting a picture now very similar to Shlomo. We have the great wealth. We have the stables. We have um, the uh, the people coming from afar to hear his wisdom. And it seems as if the people from Avel came were actually trying to create a treaty with him. Um, and it, we get more details in Malachim uh, that uh, that uh, Yechizkiyahu let them see all the wealth in his house. And Yeshayahu told him he was wrong for doing that. And all of that wealth will ultimately be carted off to Bavel. And uh, Yechizkiyahu says, Shalom be'yamai, as long as there's peace in my day. So the story of of Yeshayahu is written in the visions of Yeshayahu ben Amotz, meaning the Sefer Yeshayahu, and I'll say for Jabi, and I'll say for Malachim Yisrael, and the Sefer Malachim, as I mentioned. Um, there are a number of prakim, of uh, biographical prakim, notably Laman Zayin in Yeshayahu about Chizkiyahu, plus several chapters in Malachim Bet, Yod Zayin essentially through Yod Tet. Mashkavi Chizkiyahu Mavotavi died. And uh, like Rub Ma'alei Kivrei B'nei David, they put him on the upper levels of Kivrei B'nei David of the Davidic dynasty uh, uh, catacombs. Chavod Asulob Moto, they made great honor when he died. Unlike what he did for his father, as we mentioned, Kol Yudav Yoshev Yerushalayim Vayimloch Menasheh Veno Tachtav, and Menasheh, his son, ruled in his place. And um, as we have seen happen before, a very righteous king 
is followed by somebody who, uh, shall we say, falls short of that. We will see the story of Menashe, all of it in Paraklam and Gimel, which we'll get to in the next podcast. We should have a wonderful day.